0: Welcome to the legacy of our African American Lives podcast, where our stories become oral histories created to uplift, empower, and enrich the next generation. I am so happy today to have with us on the podcast Loretta Petway Bennett. You may have seen her name in print. She is a Jeez Ben quilter, she is a legacy. She is carrying out the traditions that started with her, her grandmother, her mother, her aunts. Loretta Petway Bennett, welcome to the podcast. My name is Loretta Petway Bennett. <laughs> I was
1: born in G's Bend, grew up there until I got 18 and married and, and went off with my husband, traveled the world with him in the military. Growing up in G's Bend, I was born, it was eight of us and I was the second <laughs> from Queenie Petway and Tom T Petway after his dad and like most growing up in G's Bend there was always something to do on the farm being in a rural community we had gardens fields with corn and cotton and peanuts okra all the things that you grew on a farm after the cotton faded out or when the cotton pickers came and they started picking cotton and the big farmers moved in, so naturally the small farmers couldn't compete with the bigger farmers. So then another crop came in, cucumbers. Even though it was a short season for them, probably like mid May to maybe to mid July. That was really good money. Roman Petway. At a cucumber factory, we called it. Only the boys got to work there. I wanted to work there so bad. But <laughs> of course, cucumber is not a light thing to pick up if you got a whole basket full of them. You know, it was pretty heavy. And so most of the people around there had cucumber patches. And it, it you didn't need a big patch to make quite a bit of money. Depending on the size of the passion, most people made about, I would have to say, three to $400 a week. And you had to pick them at least three times a week. They grew really fast. And I guess that's why the season was so short. Smaller the cucumber, the more they cost per pound. Like you had number ones, number twos, threes. When you got to number four and five, they cost less. And I imagine because they were bigger and heavier and you didn't pay so much for them. So they used those for like relishes. You know, they chopped them up for hot dogs and potato salad. Roman Pepway. he would grate them and then separate them. And he would take them up, I believe, a place in Montgomery called Bama Pickles. So whenever I see bamboo pickles, I think about when we used to pick cucumbers, it didn't take a whole lot to make a lot from them. So that was a really good crop, even though it was a short crop. Growing up, we had the pump water or carry water. At my grandma's house, she had one of the pumps that came with the Roosevelt houses. And so when me and my auntie, Sandy, we are the same age, So when we was in the field, you know, we would have to walk home earlier to get home to pump water for the murals. Well, you didn't have to prime this pump, but a pitcher pump, you had to prime it. You had to put water in it to make water come up out of it. Some my age would remember that if they had a pitcher pump. (laughs) But those long neck of pump, all you had to do was just start pumping. And so you could just imagine walking and getting carrying water. You had to carry enough water to bathe in, to cook with, wash dishes, and clothing with. But when it rained, we used to catch rainwater just to wash the clothes with. So whenever it rained, we put out everything that would catch water, (laughs) we have enough water to wash with. If not, we would have to go and carry water. It took Quite a bit of water to wash with, depending on if you had a washing machine or if you had a wash pot. But you still needed quite a bit of water to wash the clothes and rinse the clothes. When I was a little girl, about five or six, as far back as I can remember, I washed them sewing, quilting. And so like most young people, or young kids, you try to imitate what you see. And so, and that's what I did. I started trying, picking them up, little pieces that they had discarded on the floor and trying to sew them together. I always wanted to be like my mother. I'm very proud to say I wanted to be like her growing up. She was a good mother. I never saw her angry or, or cursing. Young ones was drawn to her. And, you know, kids are a good judge of people, character, and a person. And so all of her nieces, her sisters and brothers, and some in the community, they were just drawn to her. She was such a pleasant person. They had like what you call a quilting bee, where they go from house to house. My mom would make her quilts. They used to make them in the summertime. After everything has been planted, so, as they were waiting for harvest, usually the women would do their canning, their piecing up quilts, and then they'll do the quilting part when it comes like December time of the year, late November, December, January, after the harvest that came in. My mom may be at her house this week. She may be at my grandma's house or my auntie's house the following week. They would go and quilt until they quilt up all. Their quilt top or quilt, you know, they would take turns going to each other's houses, making sure that their quilts are quilted. And they would give a man's gift a lot of time for the beds in the houses, because the houses wasn't built so good. We may have four to five quilts on a bed. It would be seen like colder inside the house than outside the house. That was one reason they did so much quilting during that time of the year. So when people went up north, usually my mom would give her sisters and her brothers quilts. And it seemed like quilts was the easiest thing that you could make to give as gift. That whole community was a giving community. And so whenever someone got married or especially moved up north, they would make quilts. Had babies, they would make quilt. Graduated from high school. You got a quilt or went off to college. You got a quilt or two. Actually, you might have gotten uh, quite a few quilts. If you got one from your grandma (laughs) or your auntie or cousin, you would have quite a few quilts. And I would have to say, like, when my brother went up north, they had quilts. And I was amazed that they still had All the quilts that my mom gave them, (laughs) just about all of them. My dad, he was a hard worker and he would help anyone that he can. I guess that's where his kids gets it from. You know, we saw him working hard. And so we worked hard. And even things that I heard about when they went up north, people would always say they really liked the ways because they was hard workers. And, and they would honor that word. If they say they're going to do something, they are going to do it. And that's one thing that I admire about the Petway, and that I, I see in my brothers and sisters,
0: and and also myself. Well, <laughs> Loretta Petway Bennett. I have to say, I absolutely enjoy the time that we were able to share with you today. There are things that you confirmed, but there are also more questions. So I'm definitely looking forward to having you come back. I've learned a lot today, and I know that for people who are listening, they are either going to learn something or you have sparked something that's going to make them remember a connection that they have to Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us on the legacy of our African-American Lives podcast.